Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... When you do social procurement and you buy from a social enterprise, you're actually embedding all sorts of different impacts into activity that you would have been doing anyway. And it's a way to link into wider sustainability strategies. So we're seeing this big and growing push towards ESG and more of that type of sustainability activity. Employees expect this, customers expect this, investors expect this increasingly. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 344 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Tara Anderson. Tara specializes in strategy, business development, innovation, marketing, and cross-sector collaboration in the for-purpose sector at executive and board level. Her experience spans small and large for-purpose businesses in Australia, the UK, and Europe. She's currently Executive Director of Strategy and Growth at Social Traders, Australia's pioneers in social enterprise procurement. She's a director at Social Enterprise Australia, the peak body for social enterprise, and chaired the brand Social Enterprise Working Group. She's also co-founder and director at the Dragonfly Collective, an advisory to for-purpose businesses. Tara holds an MBA from the UK, a master's in social innovation from Europe, and a degree in media and communications in Australia. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Tara's diverse experience in social enterprise, both in Australia, the UK and Europe, with key lessons being shared for social entrepreneurs. And we'll get Tara's thoughts and perspective on the social enterprise landscape in Australia. So Tara, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks, Tom. So Tara, kicking things off, tell us a little bit more about your background and what led to your passion in social enterprise. I've always had a passion for making the world a better place at a high level, particularly around issues of equality and fairness. I've really spent my career experimenting with how to do that in different ways. I started off in the charity sector, worked there for quite a long time, which was great, but got a little bit frustrated with the dependency on grant and philanthropic funding or government funding and a little bit feeling a bit hamstrung by not being in charge of your own destiny as such. That's when I thought about, okay, how do we do this differently? What are the other models? And so I did three things at that point in my career, which were around setting up the Dragonfly Collective as a consultancy yep. to come at social change from a different perspective, moved to the UK to experiment with what the sector was like over there yep. and started a master's in social innovation to experiment with a different way to tackle social change. In the UK, I started working in a social enterprise alongside doing my master's in social innovation. And that's where it started to, dots started to join for me around you can do business and purpose at the same time and blend those two things together in a social enterprise model. From there, I moved into a peak body in the UK, which worked with local social enterprises, yeah. 750 of them across the country. 
And that's where I started to really find my stride and what I loved, which mm. was around that ecosystem perspective of creating change by building business and purpose into one model through social enterprise. For me, it's just the obvious solution for how do we create a society that is fairer, more equal, that does make the world better. We can actually do it through the model of business that we have, the model of charity that we have, and then putting those two things into one. There's some great experience there, Tara, and I really like the wrap-up there in terms of how you put it. Absolutely. We can do business and we can do good at the same time. And that's very much aligned with your current role as Executive Director of Strategy and Growth at Social Traders. So what have you observed then in that role of the social enterprise and social procurement landscape in Australia? And where do you seek opportunities and being part of social traders? Why should social enterprises certify? What's really exciting in the role at Social Traders, coming back and working at that ecosystem level in Australia and bringing some of that experience from the UK, the fantastic, exciting thing is the growth that we're seeing. And that's really the headline for what's happening in the social procurement landscape here. We've now got 120 business and government members that have signed up with Social Traders and 450 enterprises that have certified with us. It's a 58% year-on-year average growth in our business members and nearly 30% average year-on-year growth in social enterprises. Seeing that momentum is really exciting that Mm. more people want to start getting involved. But the most exciting part of that is the spend that's happening between business and government and social enterprise. Yep seen nearly 400 million spent with social enterprises in the last four years and that's 67% average annual growth rate year on year. Just so heartening to see that it is really catching up. More and more people are wanting to get involved with this, not only signing up to do it, but actually doing more of it as in spending with social enterprise. We know that's just getting bigger and bigger. So there was a survey done last year, which was the state of social procurement across Australia and New Zealand. That was done by IPA, CSI, Swinburne, Akina and Social Traders. And one of the key findings out of that was 86% of the businesses we spoke to were saying social procurement is only going to get bigger. It's only going to grow and that's because governments and customers are going to continue to expect it and demand it. The sky is the limit really with where we can take that. One of our business and government members as an example, John Holland, they invested $12.7 $12.7 million with 59 different certified social enterprises in the last year. It's a decent yeah, and that's amount. just one business, so imagine where that can go. We see most of the opportunities at the moment in government and construction, but they're really everywhere. And that's the beauty of social enterprises that they supply in all different categories. They work in all different industries. So you can buy from social enterprise in almost any part of your business. And what's in it for the social enterprises to certify? Is it literally that they then have that stamp and also the support of social traders to secure larger contracts or contracts with corporates or government? That's definitely part of it. That's where we started with it. We're saying that we have a definition of social enterprise in Australia from the phases research, finding Australia's social enterprise sector. But because social enterprise doesn't have a legal structure as such, there's no way to identify it without that certification process. Mm. Set it up initially as a mark of credibility to say that you are a genuine social enterprise that has purpose embedded in the business model. And that gives real credibility for our business and government members that want to buy from social enterprise. And it avoids that risk of social washing of others claiming to be a social enterprise when they're not. But there's a range of other benefits in there for being certified as well. So the recognition piece is really important and credibility, but it also unlocks access to training and development opportunities, 
we've seen governments starting to use it as a grant criteria that they will only grant to certified social enterprises. Visible on our social enterprise finder directory, which is the national list of social enterprises in Australia. Just recently, it's now the key to unlocking verification as a social enterprise globally through the Social Enterprise World Forum. Mm. Lots of advantages there then. So what advice would you be giving to governments and corporates who are seeking to get better bang for buck when it comes to the way they procure? Because you spoke about John Holland and there's obviously a rising spend there. And in the past, I know David Brooks, one of the co-founders of Social Traders, described the procurement opportunity as a $600 billion treasure chest government spend year on year. And with a $400 million spend as of last year, it's a great amount. It sounds like we're getting there. But what advice, again, do you have for governments and corporates? The sky's the limit, again, as I said here, that with social procurement, it's creating essentially free impact with the spend that you're already doing. These huge amounts of billions of dollars worth of spend that's happening around the country, when you do social procurement and you buy from a social enterprise, you're actually embedding different impacts into activity that you would have been doing anyway. And it's a way to link into wider sustainability strategies. We're seeing this big and growing push towards ESG and more of that type of sustainability activity. Employees expect this, customers expect this, investors expect this increasingly. Building social enterprise into your supply chain is a way to meet that expectation and start to be able to talk about the impact that you're creating. Yeah. At Social Traders, we help businesses and governments with that process of learning how to do social procurement because it is a change management process. It's a bit of a mindset and a heart set in the way that you approach procurement. Traditionally, as a function, it's about strategizing for savings, but it's harder to then know how to strategize for supplier inclusion and impact creation. And that's what we do at Social Traders to help the businesses and governments work on that and then report on their impact and be able to say, okay, as a result of this amount of spend, what impacts were created? And we have a methodology to pull that out for them to be able to track the jobs created for marginalized people, the training hours delivered, the value of community services that was generated, the value of donations to charity and waste diverted from landfill. All of that can be achieved just by doing what they would have done anyway Mm. with their operational spending. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And Tara, you spoke about this growing momentum earlier. And we know people like Larry Fink from BlackRock as well in their yearly CEO letter talks about the importance of investing in responsible companies as well. But with the Social Enterprise World Forum coming to Australia this month, September 2022, that's been going on. This brand Social Enterprise Working Group was formed early this year. I was proud to be part of that, which was obviously led by yourself. And we were exploring how we might grow the Business for Good movement in Australia. So can you please tell us a bit more about the Working Group? And beyond that, what are the next steps that we can take, basically, to to tackle these social, cultural, environmental problems via business? Social enterprise is the way that we can tackle social, cultural, environmental problems via business. What our challenge is as a sector is to grow that, grow ourselves as a sector, but to make ourselves more visible to the people that might not know about us. That's our biggest challenge as a sector, or one of them that I see that I saw in the UK and coming back to Australia, the same thing. That social enterprise is creating this amazing impact through business. So it's a viable model. It doesn't rely on charity. It uses the market to create impact. But it's still a bit of a best-kept secret, mm. still not quite breaking through that bubble of the echo chamber that is the sector. We're good at talking to ourselves but not necessarily talking 
beyond that. Resource-wise as a sector, we don't necessarily as individual social enterprises or as individual intermediaries have the marketing power behind us to make a big noise, to shout about our sector. But if we come together, if we pull those resources, if we pull those networks as a collective, we are hugely powerful. That's our big opportunity to explore how do we talk as one as a sector? How do we say the same thing at the same time about why social enterprise is so exciting and put that out there? That's the way that we're going to engage people that we haven't yet been able to reach. And it's fundamental principles of marketing is about consistency and repetition. If we can talk as a whole sector in the same way repeatedly, that's how we're going to see this start to grow. And so we started some conversations when I first got back from the UK, starting to put this thought out there into the world to say, what if we could have a shared marketing campaign for our sector yeah. as a whole? And people were initially interested, but questioning, how would we do that? Could that work? But now we've got that off the ground. The brand social enterprise team, which Tom, you've been part of, which is fantastic. And we've got 30 other organizations that are part of that team. Had a conversation over the last year about how would we do that? And what would that look like? From there, the group has set itself up. We've been working on creating a playbook for the sector, common messaging for the sector, some tools for the sector. It's now been embedded in Social Enterprise Australia as the peak body of the subcommittee. We're getting ready to launch a really exciting campaign. We certainly are. And you mentioned Social Enterprise Australia. What a great milestone for the sector to see that come together this year and launched just literally a few months ago now. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about that too, Tara, but perhaps there's some other inspiring projects or initiatives or networks that you've come across or that you're collaborating with that you'd like to share a bit more information about. Yeah, for sure. So Social Enterprise Australia is a really exciting development for the social enterprise sector here because we haven't had that the peak function in the same way that it's set up now to bring the sector together mm. to help us work as an ecosystem. Shout out to the state networks that we have in each of the states and territories around Australia that bring together the social enterprise networks in their places yeah. and then that coming together nationally through Social Enterprise Australia starting to join some of those dots is really exciting. We saw some of this in the UK as well, which was really heartening to be part of collaborations that joined together 12 of the biggest peaks and intermediaries in the sector together over there to actually jointly campaign, to join up some back office functions, to come together in different ways and pull resources. It's really exciting to see Social Enterprise Australia starting up here and having capacity to knit together and to be a connector of some of the things and all the various activity that's happening in this country. It certainly is. And look, in the article for all the listeners, we'll put a link through to Social Enterprise Australia and that's the place too that the listeners are going to be able to find that information about the brand Social Enterprise kit and assets and other collateral that can be used to help us communicate as one. So finally, to finish off then, Tara, what books would you recommend to our listeners? There's a couple of books actually that I've gone back to recently. One is called The Second Curve. It's by Charles Handy. It's thoughts on how we reinvent society, essentially, at a high level. But it's got a really interesting methodology in there, which talks about how you get to a certain point of complacency as a society or in a career or in life. And there's always an opportunity when you hit that point to create what he calls a second curve. It's about radical innovation, radical remodeling of life or society or business and how you actually take that exciting leap of courage to do something very different right outside the previous 
comfort zones, norms, previous expectations. That one's always a real Sounds like um, a good one. inspiring one for me. And then I'm also, I've gone back to recently, the power of unreasonable people about how social entrepreneurs are creating markets that change the world. That one I love because, again, it's all about disrupting established norms and ways of doing business through the social enterprise model and pointing out that because social enterprise operates in this hybrid space in between sectors, charity, business, government, that's where there's real space to play, experiment, innovate and do things really differently. Those two are motivation boosters for me that I come back to every now and then. They sound like great books and we'll put links through to those as well in the article, Tara. Tara, thank you so much. It's been fantastic to learn from your insights today and all that experience that you've brought, not just from around Australia, but from the UK as well. So it's great to have you part of the sector, leading on the movement and helping us grow this so that ideally in the future, social enterprise is just termed as business, right? Like we can maybe even just remove that term from our vocab and and everyone doing business can operate in a way that produces a more equitable society. That's the dream. We'll get there. We will get there eventually. Thanks again, Tara. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.